Boom. We are live with another episode of AlphaCast. I'm here today with, of course, my partner in crime, Dr. Bear Paul Lando, over there on the other side of the Smith River. How are you this morning, Bear, as he takes a sip of his tea? Chao Gulan tea, I might add, freshly grown and harvested at uh, Alpha Vedic Farms. That's my wow. infomercial for the day. Wow. Nice. I'm doing great. Uh, really excited to have uh, our guest who you'll introduce here. And I had a great time with him yesterday. So looking forward to more of the same today. Wonderful. And good segue. Our guest today, a very special guest, Jason Leosatos is on with us today. He is um, his YouTube channel, Outside the Box, we discovered uh, about, about a month ago, and I've been on it a lot of late. Uh, he has amazing guests on there talking about all sorts of subjects relating to um, the Great Awakening happening and uh, really important subjects with uh, stuff we cover like uh, vaccination and health freedom and spirituality and sovereignty and what it is to be human in this world, uh, in this day and age. Uh, Jason's an artist, an author, and a peace advocate, and he's created a successful international platform dedicated to conversations about ethics, morals, truth, peace, empathy, transformation, and a more harmonious humanity and world for all people. I mean, Jesus. you can't really get better than that. How are you today, Jason? I'm okay. That can't be me. My wife wouldn't agree with that. She just sees <laughs> he, a pain in the ass, yeah? <laughs> At the beginning of most talks, I always say, look, don't know if I'm doing a talk in a conference, I always say, look, don't put me on a pedestal, ask my wife, you know. <laughs> so I, I try and be real as well, you know. I've got my, I've got my foibles and my, 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 my problems myself, but this is, you know, I often say if you want to go and find a good therapist, find the most wounded one, you know. Not, not one that's going to look over their glasses at you and say, mm, mm, mm. Find someone who's really screwed up, you know. Come to me, you know. <laughs> Hey, that anyway. makes a lot of sense. I mean, we've all we've all been through. I mean, that's the human condition, right? Is going through this adventure and uh, from um, birth to where we are now, and it's just uh, our development. I mean, we're human. We uh, through the karmic uh, cycles of our uh, you know of our lifetimes, uh, we're trying to figure this out. That's why we're here. This is the classroom that we're in, and that's why we're in this dense uh, reality of polar opposites so that we can hopefully get off the wheel, so to speak, and um, learn really about who we really are, I guess. Bear or me? Yeah, I mean, what do you think? Uh, go for it. You, you had to endure my rambling too much yesterday, and I'm more interested in hearing about your book and your adventures. And, uh, and so we'll, uh, we'll chime in every so often. But uh, yeah, any, any areas that you'd like to take off on? Oh God, you know, my rants, I, I, once I start ranting, but you know, I always, I like to, I like to give analogies. I love analogies, you know, <clears throat> and one of my favorites is, 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 you know, in our current situation, like I said to you yesterday, Bear, we're, we're in a tricky place because I think we're in, we've got our foot on a sinking ship um, with psychotic captains on it, um, trying to keep us on the same trajectory and um, course and all of us people down in the engine room, it's almost like Mutiny on the Bounty, you know, that brilliant film. We're all feeling that it's not 
something's not right and, and more and more and more people feeling that and it's a smelling salts in the air there's no doubt about it the chloroform is lifting for humanity the amnesia is lifting and it's been a long somnambulance for people a forced somnambulance uh, and sleep i would say <coughs> excuse me i got this cough but i like to give a couple of analogies one of my favorite analogies is the egg when a baby bird pecks its way out of an egg um it's the truth that the poisons build inside the egg to the point where, which triggers the baby bird to peck. And if it doesn't peck, it, it, it dies. And I believe that's where we are as humanity now. And it sounds a bit dramatic, but I, I can't overemphasize the emergency I feel we're in now. I agree with you guys. The trajectory is being, being formed now. We're not going to lose this uh, battle, if you like, for consciousness. There's no doubt about that. But there's a lot of forces that are trying to usurp it and further choke us in a chokehold and divert us from our, our, our destiny, if you like, destiny patterns, our spiritual destiny pat patterns in these spot spacesuits. I'm Jason Iasatis, you know, supposedly. I'm not really, but... And, and that's why I talk about that word epoch, and I said it yesterday on the show. I'd like to say it again, and then I'll shut up. But the epoch word is beautiful. It comes from the Greek word epoche, I'm Greek, meaning stoppage. And I said this to Bai yesterday. I feel that if we're in a we're in a birth now, giving birth to a whole new system, and a whole new way of being and living, and, and a new consciousness on the planet. And and in any birth or pregnancy, there's a point where the pregnancy stops and the birth begins. There's an overlap, and I believe we're there now. And I believe we've got a great opportunity now. And I feel it when I speak to people, and I feel it within myself. And there's a huge opportunity now for humanity to to shift gears if you like into a new way of being and living in consciousness and spiritual um progression and, and but currently there is a force on the planet that's holding us hostage and 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 trying to keep us as caterpillars crawling in this two dimensions or whatever it is <clears throat> where we all feel that we are actually butterflies that can fly in 3D, etc., And that is what we can do. I know I, I, I don't practice it as much as I can do because it's tricky. You've got to be careful. But I've, I've looked at shamanism. I've been helped by great shamans and, and I've had some tremendous help and, and healing. And um, I, I, I've had proof of that. And I know we can, we, we're Ferraris in neutral, guys. We're, we're stuck in neutral. And our, 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 the, the gifts that we've got and the abilities that we've got, you know, if you believe Jesus was here and our not, but those kind of people were saying, look, you can do what I can do and much more, but we keep just worshiping at their throne. So I believe the, 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 the epoch of, of praising and, and, and worshiping priests, politicians, popes, and presidents is absolutely over. And we've got to, and the gurus, we've got to turn our attention on us now and, and, and practice and reestablish and, recover it's like a recovery in my opinion where we are now a recovery back to who we really are and it's been a long amnesia and, and years ago it was just in 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 you know in india people used to go and try and recalibrate but i believe we've got a we've got the very tricky task now but 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 possible task of doing it now while we're on our daily grind of making money and paying the bills so it's a great um a great challenge to stay conscious and focused and, and transcend that fear-based system, which is paralytic to consciousness and development. There's no doubt about that. Um, 
and it's stopping humanity blossoming. So we've got to we've got to practice and come back home to ourselves now within that fear based system. I believe before we can really really take giant leaps forward. Uh, I could go on about that for hours. I, I'll, I'll stop there because I could just go on and on and on about that. You know. No, it's that's, that's well said, Jason. And um, you know, yesterday we were talking a little bit about the powers that shouldn't be. And, um, you know, years ago, I saw an interview with an individual who was from one of these groups of, you know, who people call elites these days. And I agree with you, the the last thing we should call them is elites, but, you know, from an old bloodline. And uh, um, in that uh, interview, he was asked because, you know, people were aware that he was aware of spiritual law. And so he was asked point blank that, you know, you, you know, in the long run, you're going to fail because you're breaking spiritual law. So fundamentally, you cross the line it, it, so dramatically that, you know, in the end, it's going to be your own demise. And he just looked straight ahead and it sent chills up my spine. Um, and he said, yes, I know that we know that, but we are going to take as many of you with us as we can. And so, uh, you know, now that sounds ominous, uh, but that is a force on the planet who, uh, you know, that we called sociopaths yesterday. And it is very real. Now, I have relatively simplistic thought patterns because I always revert to my, uh, my jock persona because that's basically what I am at the core. And, um, you know, you go to the gym uh, because things are heavy there. You know, they, they make you work hard. Uh, they give you resistance. And, uh, you know, you don't go there and complain that all this stuff is, is difficult and, and I don't want to work this hard. So that's the way I look at these um, characters out there who um, really, when you take their mask off and, and take their suits off, they're, they're uh, not that impressive. And, the, 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 uh, the only thing they have going for them is that they know how to manipulate us at the mental plane. That's where we have been, um, uh, you know, uh, savaged and, and corralled. And, and therefore, because they know the power uh, that we have, they use it against us and try to keep us from creating the reality that we want or that, uh, you know, is definitely time to manifest now. So uh, either one of you, go ahead. Well, I, I was Mike. just going to say, we're going to be forced to figure it out. The universe is kicking our butt right now. And we've got things coming in from the grand solar minimum, magnetic pole reversal stuff. Um, just uh, if you look at the cyclical nature of society, the fall and rise of empires, um, dealing with stuff like fiat currency fallouts and all this it's just this is i believe the physical manifestation of the spiritual uh evolution that humanity must go through you know every 12 13,000 years so no matter what we're here we've chosen to be here at this time because of that and um this is the role we are to play with um this great wave of um I hate to say evolution, but just moving to the next phase. So physically, we're going to be forced to do this, you know, no matter what in this lifetime for most of us. So it's time to buck up, uh, go internal, get strong, find community and, um, and get ready because it's happening right now, right in front of us. 
Yeah, well said. It's 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 a very exciting time for humanity, and and um, I've said this many times, but I love saying it because it's it's people who come and speak to me here, and they tell me the truth. Some people feel like I just don't want to be here anymore. You know, I'm feeling so empty and so helpless and so um, homeless. It's like a, almost I think people are, it's it's like a spiritual emergency. I think, and people feel a spiritual homelessness. You know, because we've done so much that isn't about feeding our real spirits, you know? And I, I think that's a great time to be here. So when someone says that to me and tells me how depressed they are, and even if they feel, I, I lost a friend not long ago, he hung himself, I was I, good for him, you know? It's actually uh, illegal to kill yourself because uh, as you both know, you're, you, they, 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 you're, you're traded on the stock exchange. You've got a number when you're born, you know? Yep. But it's like, we'll tell you when you're going to die. Don't you dare kill yourself. Exactly. <laughs> but um, I, I think it's such an exciting time now when people... When I, people say that to me, I'll say that's an absolutely, it's exactly the right way you should feel. Desperate, anxious, fear-filled, um, um, dislocated, dismembered, um, and hopeless. And now if you feel like that, in one sense, you don't want to stay feeling like that. And that's part of my work is helping people to transcend that and talk about it. But, but, but that is the way most people really should feel when they're like a tea bag dipped in this mental asylum global casino mental asylum every day i mean you can do your meditations and then suddenly you go out and you're in an office full of people where you don't want to be and on the tube you get money you've got to pay bills you're back in work the next week blah 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 you've got kids you've got this people it's a natural symptom from a healthy body and mind in a torture chamber a mental asylum torture chamber, which has become normal. Now, of course, we don't want to stay in that state. That's where we've got to do the work on ourselves. But most people don't because it's a cycle. So the worse you feel, the more you turn on yourself, the more you'll drink and the more you'll watch porn or the more you'll not go to nature, the less you'll jog. So it's like a spiral. But as on a positive note, often it's got to get to that point where people are just so empty and in such despair that there's nowhere else to go but back towards home. It's like a bungee jump back to the self. So I feel what absolutely resonate with what you're saying. We're at a massive, massive exciting time now in human history. And I believe it's, I would call it the inception of manual override because there's almost like the system's got an automatic pilot. It keeps going along doing this same crazy thing like a Frankenstein's monster and the stock market crashes and then they keep giving it mouth-to-mouth resuscitation to get it going again. It should be allowed to die. But I feel what we're on almost, like I said, the analogy with the ship, I feel it's like an airplane. We are, by our, by, our, by our coming home and finding our power again, that is how we will wrestle the joystick back from the psychos in the cockpit of humanity's plane, if you like, and it's time to take back that manual override. I had a great mentor years ago who was very good friends with Gene Roddenberry, the Star Trek um, um, you know, producer. Yep. And he, 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 I loved one of the old CDs called The Cage. And I remember what happened is they were all in this cage and there was these things with big heads. And even if you thought a bad thought about them, you'd get strangled. I'm sorry. And that's the, that's the cage which is coming around humanity now with, with, with censorship. And that's why I'm glad you guys are spreading your wings and going to other... I want you to talk about that, Mike, because that's so exciting what you told me earlier. I've been ranting about this for years. If you don't create another system independently of this one that's controlled by the government, excuse me, <coughs> when it collapses or when it starts choking you to such a degree where you can't say anything, you can't move, i.e. microchips, 
cashless, then you can be switched off or punished if you say or think anything about them, which is bad. Close them down. So I love that Star Trek episode because it really, I think it really um, helped us understand where we are. And we are being herded now into a high security prison. And that's not to be negative. Oh, don't speak about anything negative, Jason. No, no, no. It's positive to know. Like we said last night with Barr, talking about Gurdjieff, you've got to know the prison and understand the penitentiary and each annex of it before you can get out. Now, here's another thing. I'm on a rant. Watch out. <laughs> Just a quick thing. Rant away, please. There's people digging tunnels out of that prison. Barr's one of them. You're one of them. Fantastic respect for you both. Bar's growing his own food. He's in a place that now people like Bar can say, Hey guys, listen, there's a way out of prison. I've dug this tunnel, it goes outside the fence. And people will say, Well, where does it go? What will happen when we get there? Well, you say, Maybe we don't know. We've got to get out there first. And we'll have to find out when we're there, you know. Maybe we'll have to change things and maybe, you know. But um, there's a way out. And but a lot of people will say, Hey, well, at least we're getting a bit of food in you. Yeah, we're being punished, you know. It's depressing, but maybe it's better than escaping, you know. <laughs> so I think we're in such a fascinating time now. And I like making a joke about it because you've got to have a laugh about it. People like George Carling and all those people, they broke the tension by laughing about it, you know. And it, it, I think we can dance and laugh our way out of this, you know. And I, I'm convinced that they're not going to win these people who are trying to close us down. But I do think there is a window now where, whereby we've got to, if we can find that power within ourselves again, which is there in everybody, it's not something you have to try and get. It's something you've already got. It's just covered over by our fear and our, you know, fear is paralytic to consciousness and development. And so every day we're terrified. It's like, oh, you know, you make some money. Oh, great. And then, oh, I'm paying a bill. This happened to me today, you know. I've made some money. Oh, oh, oh. You know. So yeah. again, carried away here, but that is where we are. But so if we can transcend that and within that tap back into our power and find our power again, which is what Bauer talks about a lot and helps people to achieve, then the psychotic conductors can wave their stick at us as much as they want because if we can get in tune in concert pitches as humanity, as, as, an, as, a, as an orchestra, you know, emanating the same concert pitch and, and frequency, if you like, then we're indestructible. We're absolutely, and by the way, if then we can say with, with that power, and I can talk about the shamanic side of power, if you like, because I've been attacked by it, by someone not responsible, and I, it nearly killed me, I can tell you right now. But if, you, if we can then direct it, and you can almost threaten, threaten the government, you know, people, hey, listen, if you're not careful, if you carry on being like your, your, your naughty girls and boys, we're going to use this to, to take you out of the game and dislodge you. We'll knock you off the platform with your stupid stick. So <laughs> I think we've got to have a bit of a joke about it. At the moment, we're in a tremendous position at the moment as humanity. And, and my God, we, we, we've lost such a dynamic power we're all amazingly uh, psychic we're all amazingly telepathic we're all amazing we've got power at our fingertips which would terrify most people if they knew how you could use that but as i said to buy yesterday at the moment what worries me is we're not in a psychological balanced state enough to have that power back now that these great seers and, and magicians told us about and which you can read about and that's my my, my urgency to tell people is we've got a rebalance our minds at the moment to be able to handle that power 
once we learn how to get it back. Because at the moment, let's be honest about it, it is a mental asylum. And most people, you know, I liked Ospensky and Gurdjieff. Ospensky used to talk about self-remembering. And at the moment, we're in a terrible mental state, but most people keep it secret. If you could hear everyone's thoughts, it'd be terrifying, you know? Terrifying, because most people have gone mad and they don't talk about it. And worse still, they're not doing enough work to rectify it. And um, it's, it's destroying us. The mind is the greatest threat to humanity because most things you see, most things you see came, started with the thought, whether it was a building or war or peace or Iraq or, or a baby. With a baby, you've got to do a bit more than thought. You've got to do these jerky motions to, uh, to initiate that, which is good fun. But anyway, I'll shut up. I, I could go on and on about all this. It's a, it's a great time to be here on the planet. And by God, I'm glad I'm here now because I can finally be me and talk like this. I couldn't talk like this years ago, and it was very lonely and um, very desperate, actually. You know? Bear. Um, it is a lonely in. journey. Go ahead, Mike. I was just going to say jump in because I know you have some uh, really cool input into, well, I mean, Jason, you brought, up, you brought up a thousand amazing points. We could spiral off practically into a hundred conversations. But what, what I love about Bear, and, uh, and he's been a mentor to me and somebody I've had these fireside chats and long conversations with about all of these topics and all these anxieties is that he's really good at grounding this into real physics and science. And you, you brought up a great point about the prison of the mind, Jason. And yeah. one thing that I think Bear could quickly discuss is the idea of what thought, how, being in this thought-based universe, how we can, we can free ourselves from that through just understanding how it works and how it works with our heart, especially in the, in the intelligence that is built within us. So Bear, uh, maybe take us a little bit there with some words of wisdom. No pressure. No, no pressure. pressure. I don't know about wisdom, but uh, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Well, you know, we, we, we're in a simulation, and that's provable. And it's uh, not a mystical concept or a theory. It's based on electrical forces. And, of course, we're seduced into this world of polarities. And, you know, if... Uh, Jason, you're talking about, okay, I got money. Now all of a sudden I got to pay a bill. So I'm broke again. And you're just constantly bouncing back and forth between these extremes of elation and despair. <laughs> and of course, um, you know, we choose to be there because we've, we've bought the whole simulation as being real. And, uh, you know, you can go off on some, uh, uh, you know, into some good philosophical areas, but all your friends and family are still staring you at the eye and saying, yeah, but you still got to pay the bills. Um, you know, that might be interesting. And the fact is, is uh, in, in the world of polarities, and, and if you study the electrical forces that are at play, those polarities um, are constantly seeking balance. And that's why we have the stress and the tension that's, uh, you know, exhibited by our, even our physical body at every single moment. And uh, the, the polarities, you know, take the money analogy. Um, if you're focused on having a lot of money, then you're also creating lack. Now that lack has to come into play. If you understand the electrical forces uh, that you're putting at play, when you focus on one side of the coin or the other, that lack, uh, you know, maybe you'll succeed in, you know, having millions and millions of dollars, you know, tucked away in your mattress, but um, that lack may come out in your life in other ways. It has to. 
as long as you're in the world of polarities, you might have lack in, you know, your, your uh, emotional happiness with your relationships with, uh, you know, with your family, with uh, any other aspect of your life, or you might just go broke, you know, even though your whole life is uh, focused on money. So it's a great game we're playing. And, and Jason, yesterday, you and I were talking about it. And we're describing how right in between these polarities, which are, uh, you know, two dual forces uh, creating our moment by moment uh, simulation here. Um, there's, there's a place of stillness in between. And this is uh, demonstrable, uh, not just with inner work, but in the world of physics, if you know, you know, the right people to study. Uh, and then also learn how to employ this in uh, not only your personal life, but also in technologies. And you have uh, free energy devices. You have, uh, you know, just things working out in a whole different way. So these things are provable. <coughs> and uh, that stillness is who we really are. That's where consciousness resides. It doesn't reside in, in wealthy broke. That's... You know, those are the things that we need to reconcile in order to understand we're creating both of those simultaneously every single moment. And so why not get back into that fulcrum of power, into the driver's seat, and uh, realize that you're not just a little action figure in a, in a game that you're playing. You're actually the, the guy out there with the controls. So I don't know if that's where you want me to go, Mike, but... Uh, Jason, any, um, anything you'd like to add to that? And boy, I'm looking down at your table of contents here, and I could talk to you uh, at least an hour on, we've got several hundred pages here and chapters, and every single chapter I read, uh, um, it, the title just wants me to, you know, I want to talk about it with you. So anyway, you, you have any comments, and then maybe we can open up on some of your book topics. Uh, well, like, like I said to Mike earlier, I think, I think it was Mike, you know, um, I've actually forgot what I was going to say then. <laughs> hey, I'm in the stillness. That's a good sign. I'm in the stillness. It's like, I'm out of my mind. Oh, thank God for that. <laughs> I don't want to be in my mind. It's the worst place you can be. Ah! You know? and, well, just to, just to put a basic thing up, just for someone might be thinking, hey, you know, you're talking about, you know, your mind. My wife's brilliant at it. She doesn't get too high and she doesn't get too low. She's got this sort of steady thing where I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I, I, I like talking about my own failings because, um, like I say, gone are the days for me of putting people on pedestals and that. I hate that because a lot of the people that I've put on pedestals, there's an old saying, are you allowed to swear a little bit on you? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. All right. it's, it's not a big F word or nothing. It's just like there's a brilliant old saying, you can be enlightened one day and wake up an asshole the next, you know? And, and I could remind myself of that every day. <clears throat> I wake up an asshole every morning and then I start doing something about it. Right? But people might be thinking, well, how do I control my mind? Because it's one of the most least talked about things and the most important thing, my God, like people go to India to do it and stay in ashrams for six months and get hit by gurus with sticks and that, you know. And, and I say to people, it's such a simple thing if you've got the courage to do it, because generally the madder people get and the more noisy their minds get, 
which blocks them off from, the, in other words, in the nothingness, you find the somethingness. People think you've got to fill your mind with things to be clever. It's the complete opposite. The, 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 the usefulness of a pot is in its emptiness, right? And all the same. So I say to people, look, let's make it very basic. It's quite frightening when you've neglected to look at your minds and most people run away from their thoughts mostly because the madder it gets and the more jumbled their thoughts gets, the last thing they're going to do is analyze their thoughts because it's too scary. It's like, let's sit in meditation. Uh, you know, oh my God, I'm not, I don't want all that to see what's going on in that. So I just say to people, like Ospensky a bit, the self-remembering. So let's take it, you're not your mind. Let's get one thing clear, guys. Thank God you're not your mind, right? But most people are trapped in their minds like they're on this wild horse of the mind and they can't get off. So I say to people, if you've got the courage, be, be courageous and just for a minute, watch your thoughts. Now, if you can watch your thoughts, that proves straight away and we're making it very sort of simple, but you're not your mind if you can watch it, because who's the watcher? You know, it's very basic old stuff I'm talking. It's not my wisdom, yeah? So if you can watch your own mind, that means you're not the mind and it's noise. So by creating that gap between your noisy mind and you, the real you or whatever you want to call it, which is watching your mind, in that gap, like you said about the gaps, you know, um, and bear, in that gap is where the stillness is. So with practice, if we can sit more in the watcher of the mind than trapped in the madness of the mind and just observe it like a, 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 a noisy child, eventually it quietens down. And then we reside more in the watcher than in the mind. And then you're not thinking of much at all. If someone comes in you and say, what are you thinking? I'll say, I'm not thinking anything. Wow. They say, no, what a joy not to be thinking anything. And my father was good at that. He used to go and sit over the beach and think of nothing, nothing at all. It was like, well, what do you want to be thinking about? And that's why he found such peace. I, I talked about it as at his funeral, you know. He found great peace like a monk. However, he wasn't in the mental asylum as such. He had retired, so it, it was easier for him to do that. So on a very basic level, yeah, I don't know, I'm just rambling on a bit here, but for sure, the mind is the, the first step. If we can just find that peace, and in that peace, there's great power. It's like a bird on a branch, you know, it's just like, it, it, it's it's wonderful, but of course, my caveat that I say to people: yoga is good, meditation is good, and all that. But we're at a time, in my opinion, now, and there's a lot of spiritual development circles in Tottenham and Glastonbury around here, and and it also, which I'd love to talk about, it's a great cop out for for uh, as well for inaction and not looking at reality. So you can say, oh, everything's happening perfectly. What you resist persists. Everything's happening perfectly. Yeah, but if there's if there's a cabal coming over the hill that's going to rape your children and uh, enslave you, you better get off your but to stop meditating and do something about it, you know. But at the same time, prayers and 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 uh, and managing that that power of thought can shift a lot of things. But that's another subject we could rant on about that. But yeah, I don't know what I was going on about there. But yeah, just the, the mind is the greatest um, greatest I would say tool, and also some also the greatest um, hindrance to us as humanity. Because let's be honest. We, 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 we've lost our minds, you know? I mean, look, if you, put a, if you eat a, a lump of rotten meat, it soon comes squirting out of either end. But if we put a nasty thought in our minds or bad programming, um, it's very sometimes hard to change that, you know? Anyway, I'll shut up because I could just go on about this all night. It's a big thing. Those nasty thoughts do squirt out, though, and that's what manifests in our bodies, and that's why people right. like myself have a job description and, uh, you know, of course, what we try to do is help people understand how every single thought 
uh, resonates with every cell of your body. There's no escaping it, and you can't believe that, that uh, you can't pretend that it didn't just happen. Um, you know, you come from, you, you opened the door a little bit with your family background, it, uh, you know, and, and I know you're of Mediterranean heritage, which you and I share together. Uh, you're a little further south than I was, but same neck of the woods. So uh, you obviously uh, came in, uh, tapped uh, or wired in a little bit to, to explore different territory, maybe different than some of your other family members or friends. And, and uh, we've all had that experience, those of us that are, I don't know what to call it, you know, maybe seekers, whatever. Uh, you know, we just want to get to the bottom of things and see what's around the next bend. So was there any experience in, in your past or in your life that... Uh, you know, maybe it was instrumental and in making you tick a little bit different than most people? Um, so many things, uh, so many things, a lot of them horrible. You know, I've been shot at in Cape Town. I've been homeless in Cape Town. I've been homeless in um, uh, Florida, living in a car there. It was terrible. Um, I've, been <laughs> shot, I've been shot at in Cape Town. When my, when my wife, um, you know, I'd gone bins for food. When I, I met my wife, I was living in a, in a car, in a car park. And in fact, if you go on, um, if you go on um, Google and put in how I fell in love with a homeless man, you'll see me there. And uh, her father was delighted when, I, when she took me for Sunday lunch to this homeless man. <laughs> but I, what it was, it wasn't like a terrible calamity. I, 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 I wanted to extract myself from the madness of the system. And I didn't think about it at the time, but I was living in a car. I had all my books in the back of the car. I was living in a car park. <coughs> under the sports center, I used to clean my teeth with a fire hydrant, you know. And um, it was the most liberating experience because I had all my Ram Das books. You remember Ram Das, you know. I, I was listening, looking at Ram. I read all his books, you know, those years ago, and the light would go off in, off in the car park at, at a certain time at night. <coughs> but I was the happiest I've ever been because there was no attachments to anything else. It was very, very simple. And then later on, I could tell you the story when I voluntarily have put my head back in the noose of the system. Now it's like, let's feel what it's like to be choked and enslaved again. Come on, Jason, you need more pain, man. You know, so, but that was an interesting time. But yeah, I think really, if you like, the misery and pain for me um, is what pushed me towards finding out more about myself, which I'm still, it's an ongoing process and I still fail. You know, I still drink sometimes and I still, you know, I, I you know, what's the old saying? Perfectionism equals paralysis. Sometimes we're trying to be too perfect. We drive ourselves nuts. So sometimes we've got to let go a little bit. But no, I've had many, many different things that have happened to me. A lot of them chaotic, um, completely chaotic and mad. And I think those are the very things that teach you and help you understand how if you let your hands off the steering wheel of life and about affirmation and about manifesting one's thoughts and we are what we think i've had a horrible experience uh, proven to me and i submit a claim still alive by the way i couldn't put a lot of what's happened to me in that book even so that has helped me so much the 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 knowledge of how mad and desperate things can be if you forget that you're god and that you're a magician and that actually you've got the the, the just joystick there and but one of the things i said to you about which i'll say now at, at this point with my background with the greek thing um when i went to greece years ago to meet my family for the first time 30 years ago i actually this was my mad life i rode there on a honda 70 a little moped from england 
uh, which I'd swapped for a telescope with a guy who was working on the spud ships in Barry Docks. Uh, it's just too crazy. Yeah? <laughs> so I, when I was there, I was astonished on the island of my family, my grandfather's brothers, children. They had their own goats. They made their own yogurt, their own cheese, their olive oil, blah, 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 blah. And I saw the most amazing thing I've ever seen. People who had time on their hands, they smiled all the time. They'd give you anything. They were kind. They, they, they didn't need anything from you. So they didn't need anything from you. So they could openly love you, you know. They had no fear of who you are. And well, after I was there, well, I told you this story yesterday, Barbara. I'll say it for the people here. It's nothing, but it's everything as well. Talking about the real treasures of life, which we've all, we're all looking from out there. I remember there's that beautiful thing uh, Ram Das said once the, about the musk deer. Um, there was a musk deer. I think they used to kill it for the smell of musk coming from its navel, in fact. They don't anymore. But the analogy was that the musk deer is always out there <laughs> looking for the smell that's coming from itself from its own navel. And, and this is where I found with uh, my Auntie Stella, a little lady dressed in black. We were watching television in her house one day. There was no flush on the toilet. There was no hot water. They had everything growing. You know, for me, they were kings, right? Kings. There's a word for it, agonas in, in Greek. And she was watching the television. There was all this glitz and glamour on there, all the blah, 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 people with big cars. And, and someone, she said something. She looked down and said something and shook her head. And I said to the woman, what did she say? And she said, Stella said, we failed. And I, I was astonished. I, like, you failed. That television has, has convinced you that you're a failure. You've got everything, everything. But to most people pursuing wealth, they had nothing. But in my opinion, and I know it's true, they had the real treasure, the real treasure of life. They had peace. They had time. They had love. All those attributes which are intrinsically in all of us, which are being chiseled and smashed away by the fear of making money and blah, blah, blah. I don't know why I went off on a tangent there, but yeah. I don't know if I answered the question that's, there. But. No, that's, that's an amazing story, and it illustrates so uh, well where we've come to these days. And, you know, I uh, know a good deal of wealthy people, you know, friends and, and people in my circles, and no, not all of them, but uh, there's a good number of them that aren't that happy in their wealth. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be in their vicinity and I'm exhausted after being around them because they, they just have so much and are able to do anything they want at any time. They can't just sit still. They're always on the go or doing something and uh, really just lost that ability to, like you say, just, just to be and, and, and tune in. And, uh, you know, uh, before, too, you were talking about these uh, different practices and, and how they can be a trap in and of themselves. And, and I've always, uh, like yourself, like to dabble in the, the internal arts and things like that and uh, still do to this day. But, you, you know, the whole mode of um, in present time is, you know, you do things if it's enjoyable, if it brings you joy, if it's fun. But, you know, in earlier days, and I think this is what I see with a lot of people that are, you know, really uh, stringent yogis and, and martial artists or, or meditators, you know, whatever the practice is, they're so um, invested in the outer technique and, uh, you know, that they create another whole level of tension around that. And, uh, you know, rather than understanding that those are 
designed to be nothing more than training wheels to get us to that place that you're describing with your ancestors that were just naturally there. I don't think they needed to run off and, you know, talk to gurus or, or do any such thing to just, uh, you know, reach that place of uh, just simplicity and, and just have a, an experience. Uh, you know, it's just naturally there. And I think that's uh, what we've really deviated from. And I really see more and more people are thirsting for that. We have a lot of people that um, are always asking if they can come up and spend time with us and, you know, see our operation out here because they know we're a little bit out of the, the frenetics. And, um, you know, people are really craving that. And, you know, Mike himself, he he moved up here a few years ago uh, just to get away from it himself. So um, how are we doing on the chat there, Mike? Is anybody uh, chat got is any questions for firing. our guests? The chat is firing today. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, people are really connecting with you, Jason. Oh, well, I'm connected with them as well. But... And they are, yeah. So we have, a, we have a pretty cool community on a platform <laughs> called Telegram. And it's a very active one. I don't know if you've ever heard of this app, uh, Jason, but yeah, um, they are asking that you join it because <laughs> they, um, they're uh, Russ, who's on here, who helps us on uh, Telegram, is saying that he would love to have you join so that you could share more of your knowledge and wisdom and life experience with with the community and could really help us out. He's really connecting with your words here, so. Uh, uh, yeah, and then um, we've got some other questions too here, but not totally on topic. So, um, guys in the chat, if you have any uh, questions for Jason, um, please fire them out. So um, that would be amazing, Jason. So you you mentioned some things here uh, in your life story that were breathtaking. I mean, you said you were homeless in Florida. I mean, how does that happen? And if you want to talk about it, if not, that's totally understandable too. But um, it would be really interesting to know kind of more on that experience and how that's led you to where you are today. <clears throat> it's a long story, really, but um, there's parts of it I can't tell. I mean, they're too they're too much, you know. But um, but um, just just one quick thing before I go into that and about that about that thing with the Greek thing, and I just want, I just wrote it down. I want to say, and I'll come back to the Florida thing. I had, an, I had two, two sort of distant uncles who both went to um, New York, you know, because, and this is back to that, I will come back to that flood thing. People were fleeing the island years ago. There was a, vol uh, there was a terrible um, seismos, which is a, um, you know, um, um, what's it called? Not a tornado, you know, an earthquake. It brought everyone down, and that's one of the reasons they all went. But they were all being promised of the land of the, the, the free and opportunity in New York, you know. So a lot of them were rushing to New York and jumping ship. They were they were on ship. A lot of them were, were my my own grandfather was a, was a um, uh, working on a ship and came to Barry. But the brilliant thing was that one of my my, my relatives, Michali, he was one of the guys you'd see just sitting in the grass with his goats, you know, just sat there, you know, yeah. And 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 and, and to the wet, us people, it, you know, if you walk past him, you say, "What are you doing?" You know, they say, "Well, I'm nothing." Tipota in Greek, tipota. They say, so in other words, if you're not doing anything, there's something wrong with you. And not only that, if you're not doing anything, you seem to be lazy, right? This is so crazy, this system, right? But in, uh, Macaulay was seeing in the nestlingness, he was finding the somethingness, you see. He, he was there, man, he was there. <coughs> but what happened, and there was another gentleman 
who went to America, my uncle Spiro, and he went and opened a bagel business and different things like that. And he, he made good money, I think. And he stayed there quite a long time. And there was such a difference between the two of them because Spiro came back to the island and settled. But you could tell that the, the, the piece that Mikali had, had had been nurtured and, 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 and gestated over some years. So he had found it and it was solid in time. But that was just another. But back to Florida, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, it, my, I did the drug scene in, 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 um, in my youth. You know, I still get nosebleeds now from all the stuff I sniffed. And I'm not proud of it, but it was just one of those things. All my mates were doing it. And it was just, in one sense, my only regret with the drugs is that I didn't use it as a transcendental, um, a, um, a more awakening process. I was doing a lot of LSD and stuff, and it was just ha, 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 and listen to Pink Floyd. And it's a real shame because I could have used that like ayahuasca. Ayahuasca is another tool which we can all use. It's a accelerated process although it's dangerous as well but yeah so florida i knew someone who'd gone there i'd come back from cape town i was with a uh i don't like to use color color codes with people pink black orange red but another experience i had in cape town was one of the reasons i got shot nearly killed because um i was with a um a so-called black label chocolate you know whatever color you want to call it a lovely lady i met in cape town and we got got married in england later um, and that was, a, well, I'm not with her now. Oh, she's gone back. I, she's okay. She's a lovely, amazing lady. She was uh, too good for me at the time. I didn't deserve her at the time. And, um, but, um, yeah, so we went to Florida together and, um, when we got to Florida, <clears throat> we'd had terrible problems in Cape Town because of the, 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 you know, the, the thing with the black white thing, Mandela was still on Robin Island. So there was a lot of problems. Came back to England, suddenly I had all those things. Like, I don't know if anyone has ever seen the film, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner with Sidney Poitier. <laughs> it's a wonderful film, you know. So I, uh, Olga's family in, 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 in Cape Town, I had to meet her family. She had 12 brothers and sisters. I love you all if you're listening. I love those people so much. They were so kind to me, you know. The whitey came in and, um, you know, who's this guy in a suit, you know. Um, I was in sales. And... And then, of course, we came back to England and I had the same type of thing. And then we went to Florida and we got a flat and we got thrown out of the flat because the, the guy came to me and said, you know, you can't, you know, who's that black lady coming in your flat? I said, well, that's my wife. And he said, well, you can't live here. And, it, you know, railway tracks, black, white, deep south, I suppose. And I didn't think of that. So wow. we had a lot of, yeah, a lot of amazing experiences there. But I sort of, I went there to sort of help some guy who was um, doing a business. I won't say what it was, but it was, it, it, you know, and, and it didn't quite work out. So I bought a, I remember I bought a car from a place called Anything on Wheels, you know, <laughs> and there was no MOTs or nothing there, you know, and it, it, you know, it didn't have any wipers. It didn't have any backlights, you know, and, and it's amazing how innovative you get. I bought two pen light torches and I used to open the boot. Oh no, the boot wouldn't open. So I used to have to pull the aerial out of the front, put it in the hole in the back, open the boot. And I used to put these two pen light torches and jam them in the holes and switch them on, you know, to, <laughs> but that was another thing. And we got, we got into trouble there and there was some guy going to shoot me. He was trying to find us craziness. So again, if you take your hands off the steering wheel of consciousness and you start drinking too much and smoking too much ganja, I'm not saying they're not good medicines in, in, um, in moderation but no it just got crazy there and uh, we i ended up we ended up living in the car down on the beach and it just got worse and worse and luckily i'd bought an american car there uh, it was a beautiful 1979 lincoln continental powder blue 
white spoke wheels. It was amazing. And um, I, I had the sense, common sense, to take it down to the port, in, um, down the Keys, and put it on. And it got back to England. And then when I got back to England, I sold the car. I went back out to Florida to try and find my wife who was still there. And that was just, I can't tell you, the mayhem and chaos that I endured. So what I'll say about it, to round it off, is that I could go to grisly stories if you wanted me to, what's happened to me. But what it was, was a consequence and a feedback loop of previous decisions made without wisdom and vision. Okay. And, and that is what we're seeing in the world now. The, 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 the reality that we see around us is a manifestation, a consequence, a feedback loop from decisions made without wisdom and vision quite often, you know, by people who are just more concerned with greed, short-term greed and, and, and profit and control and hegemony rather than the, the, the perpetuation of something beautiful for mankind. So if that, if that energy was put into making a beautiful utopia on the planet, we could scarcely believe the utopia that we could be experiencing here on the planet, probably with a moneyless system, which is almost unimaginable to most people. So my God, if, if we could steer this and, and, and think more about what happens when you make a decision and being very careful and using wisdom to make those decisions, I wouldn't have got into that chaos in the beginning, you know, like all the other chaoses in my life. But it, again, it was a great lesson. So now I'm almost like, be careful. <laughs> And I still get chaos in my life, but, you know. Well, you came through then, it. Then though. on the other hand, it sounds uh, like you're describing through your experience a chapter in your book uh, you call The Fire of Transformation. And I think we've all had our experiences that we look back and raise our eyebrows a little bit. But that's, you know, you got to play the game. And yeah, it's, uh, it's, that's, that's why we're here. And, it's, and that's it, what, mm. why, you're, why we're all here talking today. It is the fire of transformation, and, and I feel that we're going in. I could go off on a big spin about this one, but there was that wonderful uh, film called She, I think it was called, an old film, where at a certain time, if you came to this place, you could step into the fire of transformation and it could change everything, yeah? And I do f- true. One of the other chapters in the book is called Dying Daily to Ourselves, and I like to talk a lot about that because dying to our old traits of thought which aren't, which aren't serving us anymore, and, and, and going through that death, through, through that death of the self, if you like, which I've had to go through quite a lot myself. Not as much as most people, by the way. I wasn't abused as a child. Some people have been, gone through satanic hell. I had a lady on my show. So she was an, um, her father was a Mormon priest, um, and um, she went through hell. Her whole family was abused, blah, blah, blah. And, 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 and someone I know who's gone past on now, he was abused by his fathers and his brothers and his mother. And so I've had a very lucky ride, right? So, but what I'm saying is that um, we, we, we are in an amazing place now where I think uh, it's not so, I think we've come to the end of our physical thing. You know, we can lift weights and we can do lots of things and I, I want to get fitter and stuff like that. But I think it's more of a consciousness transformation now, which is going to, which is going to push, push us through this and, it could, things could change so quickly, you know, but it could be utopia on the planet. I'm not joking. I don't think we can scarcely imagine what it could be like, but it wouldn't, it's not going to work. We can build any system we like again and again and again. I see groups starting up here. There was one last night my wife went to, and they've all, they're all like us, talking like we do, fellow kindred spirits, but it's breaking down because they keep squabbling amongst each other, and there was a big meltdown last night. It upset my wife. And it's like, well, because we haven't, we haven't 
let me put it this way. I'm, I'm sorry, I won't, I won't go on. There's a quick thing I want to uh, uh, say to that. There was a brilliant film uh, with Walter Pigeon in it called, um, what was it called? Um, I can't, uh, Forbidden Planet, yeah? Where there was a race of beings that had become so psychic and so developed, <coughs> but they hadn't, it was the, also called the Monsters of Id, I think, in another thing. They hadn't dealt with that deep down psychosis and darkness in themselves. So we can build any system we want, new systems, create new families, create new, but until we get to the monsters of our own madness and dissolve and dismember and burn those out with the fire of transformation, we're not going to make it. So the greatest threat to humanity is our minds and finding peace within ourselves and treating other people like we like to be treated and getting back to our ethical and moral alarm bell, which if, if it was in its pristine form, our ethical and moral alarm bell, which tells us what's right and wrong. You wouldn't even need traffic lights, policemen, the army, litter bins. We know what's right and wrong. And it's been skewed through profit and mo money ethically compromises us. It's, it's a big subject, but I can't even remember why I went down that alley now. But um, yeah, um, we, 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 there's, there's a, a beautiful... Um, um, reality awaiting us and it's in the womb of possibility now and that's why I like the, 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 the analogy of us being midwives we've got to roll our own sleeves up now you know and start giving birth to that system and literally nudge those psychos out of the way we're preventing that because they're purposely preventing humanity blossoming and I'm telling you you better get out the way because even if you win on this level of reality you're not going to win on another level of reality. And I warn about that in my book. I think that the, 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 the subheading is a call to all those uh, in government. And I think that's a time now of people, that's why there's more whistleblowers now, because it's obviously, it's, it's dirty in there. If you don't come out now and say, do you know what? I don't want to be in there anymore, even if I don't make any money, you know, even if I'm homeless. I'm not going to ethically compromise anymore to, in those levels and come out because the ship's going down. You don't want to stay on that ship while it's sinking. And, and worse still, to be known that you were staying on the bridge of that ship when you knew how bad it was and be exposed for that. It's a big subject, but it's so exciting, you know. It, it, it's like the spotlight of truth is on everybody now, guys, you know. And I love that analogy I used yesterday. There was always a big molasses slowness between when uh, uh, injustices were done and when the spotlight of truth came on them. Now that's fallen away. That time lag is closing. So as soon as something's done, woof, the spotlight's on it. And that's why they're terrified now. And that's why they're closing down the internet because the only way of shutting truth up now so they can't be exposed like Dracula in the darkness, they, they don't want anyone to see them, you know. So when the light goes on them, they don't like it like Dracula. So, but... Tough luck, the light's on you, but the only way is to shut everyone down, like Julian Assange, like all the other great people who are just being squashed and shut up. And that's why I'm excited about what you're doing, Mike, and what you're doing, Bear, starting this new platform. I want to find out more about that, whereby it's unshuttable, downable, and, 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 and um, you can't, can't infiltrate it. That's fascinating, and that's exciting. Yeah, it's kind of having the punk rock mentality, which I was kind of a punker kid growing up. Uh, I grew up in Orange County and where Disneyland is, and it's kind of a suburban wasteland. And, um, but kind of to be a rebel of that, it was cool to be punk rock, right? And um, that's a mentality that has a lot of value in a world where 
we are so conditioned to go down specific channels of what's accepted and what is, you know, what you're supposed to be doing in society. And if you say, no, I'm going to be myself and I'm going to, I'm going to be counter to what uh, culture says, and I'm going to break away. And we talked about this before we started the talk, Jason, the idea of the breakaway civilization, which is something I talk about a lot on this show. (coughs) No, the breakaway civilization is not these quote unquote elites going to Mars or some distant colony somewhere and leaving us to to fight it out here. No, the breakaway civilization is us today talking, is us who's decided to um, take on our own health, be self-sufficient, create new technologies that are decentralized, um, and just just opt out. I mean, we saw this in the 60s, right, with Timothy Leary and um, yeah. that whole thing, and it's these cycles that keep coming back. Um, it's funny you mentioned the LSD stuff, because um, this really connects even with my life and, and also your past, you know, where you, you mentioned kind of uh, where you were in Florida doing those things. Um, have you seen the documentary? And this was just uh, on our Telegram channel, uh, was brought to my attention. I watched a couple nights ago, and I, I think I sent it to you too, Bear. It's called Orange Sunshine. Orange uh, Sunshine, yeah. Orange Sunshine, which is the famous acid, the famous LSD that was put out but it's excuse me it's a it's a documentary about this group in orange county called the brotherhood of eternal love and it was started by john griggs who was like me kind of in high school but actually a little worse he was in orange county growing up this was in the 60s and he was like a total uh um you know punk kid who went around in a gang and threw eggs at people and uh, would go beat up valley kids at disneyland and then actually went and robbed a Hollywood producer because they found out he had really good acid. It was <laughs> a total street gang. And then he took like a 10 times dose of acid with his buddies up in the mountains of LA and had a breakthrough and realized he dropped the guns. He dropped everything. He ran for miles to his girlfriend to profess his love, married her and started this cult, if you will, called the Brotherhood of Eternal Love. And their mission, <coughs> their mission was to make enough acid they ended up making 100 million hits of acid to to completely dose the country and force the grand awakening and it's funny they became the biggest drug dealers of hashish and acid in the world and (laughs) timothy leary ended up coming and hanging out with them actually living with them in laguna beach which is funny because i remember going to laguna beach as a kid and seeing kind of the remembrance of this hippie culture that was there and my my dad my parents who grew up kind of had moved to San Diego and they were in the Navy and they were a little more straight laced military uh, uh, guys, you know, that didn't go to Vietnam, but we're in that whole scene, but we're a little more on the straight side. They were like, Oh yeah, that's where all the crazy hippies came and they were doing acid and stuff. Um, but the, the documentary I highly recommend it's called orange sunshine came out in 2016. You'll get a kick out of it. Cause it kind of relates a little bit to this idea that, you know, we we flip in our lives like we can go down really dark places and in a moment in a moment because of the power of our mind and heart we can change our lives it's it's all us it's our adventure it's our hero's journey and john griggs did that and he is actually an underground like really famous person in the hippie movement that not many people know about and he was considered like one of the greatest gurus in the movement and he became extremely spiritual and they ended up um leaving laguna they got kind of forced out by the police when it just got too insane they became really famous and so they got a big parcel of land out in called idle wild ranch and 
uh, lived there as an extremely happy commune, just working together, growing their own food, and totally broke away. And what's funny is they were making millions of dollars selling hashish. They went to Afghanistan and found the hashish. And, <laughs> and, and in the documentary, and in the, it's based on a book, they talk about how they were riding these waves of consciousness that no one could stop them. And they, were, they could literally have been you know, killed like that by, I mean, they were in, the, in a crazy high stakes game of, of international drug smuggling and didn't care because they knew that this was like their this was their path and they weren't doing it to, to make money. They were doing it to, for their end goal of, of spreading consciousness. It's wow. a wild story, wild story. Um, but I bring it up because it relates to what we're talking about with the power of consciousness, the power of mind. And you, and you bring up this like the dualistic sensibility of we can get trapped in our mind, but also the mind can free us. And really what is the mind? I mean, we are, the mind is, multi-fractured right you have the conscious you have the subconscious you have the unconscious um and then you have like the hyper conscious um uh the, or your higher conscious but the point is we can step away from that and we can look at our, ourselves from afar and then we can f see that we are this empowered consciousness and that our thought has weight and power and we can flip our lives in a second it doesn't matter when we're living or where we're living or what control systems are around us, we literally create our own reality. So like how John Griggs did going from a street gangbanger, essentially, to being one of the greatest um, kind of new, new school gurus uh, in the 60s and 70s, where Timothy, actually, like Timothy Leary looked up to him. And actually, they broke Timothy Leary out of prison. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like a, just a roller coaster ride. They should really make this into a movie. It'd be really fun. But, um, <laughs> that'd, be a, that'd be a great, uh, sounds like a great feature movie with Johnny Depp or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, imagine all the psychedelic uh, visuals it would have. Um, yeah. But anyways, uh, very funny because I literally just watched this and uh, the synchronicity is here, right? But um, highly recommend that film. And also just, it really just resonated with me because it showed like these people they built this they and there was like a good 30 40 of them in the core i think there was maybe 30 core members from the start and they all just dropped acid and surfed and and basically hung out but they were like hey we're gonna change the world and it's this idealism i feel like we we really lost especially in the millennial generation i feel like it's god talk about just the most unfun generation and i'm i'm kind of like the last of the x-geners believe it or not i'm not a millennial but it, we're, we're, we're dealing with this crazy dichotomy of this vast polarization right now in this extreme where you have these millennial generation, which are the most sexless generation, um, believe it or not, while on the opposite side have the easiest access to sex with all these apps with Tinder and all these <laughs> Bumble and stuff where they can literally find someone to meet up with that night. And yet they're the most sexless generation. Um, they're the most fearful generation in uh, for a while i mean there's all these studies that show this they're just wrought with anxiety and fear and and all this but on the flip side they're also like traveling more than past generations they're seeing the world so there's just just i guess my point is there's, we're right now we're like we're seeing the physical manifestation of the ramping up of the polarization which is which is we're seeing in politics we're seeing it in um 
all around us in America here, right? The, the, the left versus the right and all that nonsense. Um, so I guess my point is, yeah, the ability for us to have conversations and get in communities where we're self-aware of this. Because before, you know, leading up to this time, while it might be stressful now, humanity didn't have the time or the wherewithal to be this self-reflexive. I mean, you had it in the inside kind of more mystic circles um, and stuff, but uh, and those that were more like monks and stuff that could go off in, in the mountains and do this. But most people were just trying to get by, right? Just trying to grow their food and 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 work their job and not have the the relative... I guess, um, uh, flexibility to be able to have the time to actually sit down and think of this stuff and be worried about it. So that is a great positive right now is that thanks to, I guess, the, the modern uh, comforts, comforts we have, um, we have the ability to kind of sit around and think of this stuff. And yeah, most people are trapped in the matrix and aren't doing it. But for folks like us, yeah, it's easy to get stressed about it. But also we should sit back and really be thankful that we have the ability right now to be at the place where we can have these discussions using the internet and, and talk about these things. Because if we go about it the right way and we, we do break away and we start our own communities and we use all these things that we've been given, um, we right now are forming the new reality. Uh, and the old reality will kind of just scab off and be, just become a scar that we'll occasionally look at and remember, and at least my kids, I hope, will. And go, oh, remember when, um, when we used to have to uh, listen to uh, leaders like presidents and stuff, and when we had to go to grocery stores, you know, now we, we have these co-ops and, and we just go to our local garden and pick fresh food and uh, we run our own governments and we don't even have governments. We, we have decentralized technologies with decentralized autonomous organizations that are all holistic in our thinking. I mean, you talk about utopia on the planet, like that is achievable. That is achievable. And so we just need to break away. We just need to go for it. And so we have platforms like this where we're hopefully going to bring that idealism back. That 60s generation idealism is alive and thriving in the alternative communities. And it's just a matter of coming together and not bickering and fighting. Because as Jason, you say, your wife went to last night, that is so true and such a reality right now where we have this silly bickering and fighting amongst the alternative scene about stuff that um, just shows that lack of perspective, stepping away and seeing like, hey, we're all coming together and we are the new civilization and we are the new, the, the new breakaway civilization that needs to happen. So that's my rant mm -hmm. that I go off on all the time. And it's a really positive one, I think, because mm -hmm. we are the empowered ones that can do it. Well said, Mike. I was just going to say, Jason, that brings us past the uh, trial by fire or fire of transformation portion of your book, and you uh, progress into uh, subject matter of resurrection and that sort of thing, you know, and we were talking yesterday a lot about how things are being exposed, uh, you know, all the, the truths and, and that sort of thing. I remember when I was in catechism as a little kid and uh, talking about the end times when there would be no secrets. And now understanding the, the mechanics behind it, you know, that's, that's really true. But what people fail to understand is, no, they weren't talking about the end times as far as, uh, you know, uh, uh, firestorms and destruction. We're talking about literally the end of the concept of time. And, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about polarities. And, of course, the powers that shouldn't be are trying their best to keep us within the world of polarities 
but that's failing because now we're all uh, just naturally progressing and our planet and our whole solar system as a whole is moving around the bend in these uh, creative spirals that we all create with our own thought patterns to create our worlds. And those creative spirals, when you understand, again, the mechanics of it, they bring us through the different octaves of experience. And our planet as a whole now is going through a consciousness shift. And that's the thing they can't stop. And in that consciousness shift, we are no longer subject or trapped by the concept of time because it's not a real thing in the first place. We're not in that stratification of compacted data that we think is somehow the totality of who we are. And um, yeah, so uh, as, as uh, you know, we enter into these, these new realms, uh, you know, it's, you have to have your wits about you because things do manifest a little quicker in our own lives. I know if I have uh, uh, certain things in my life that maybe are a little incongruous with the truth, they have a way of uh, biting me in the ass, biting me in the ass a lot quicker these days than in the past. And, uh, you know, you can't pretend anymore. You got to be a little bit more honest as you go. And I think that's what we're experiencing as a species. And of course, what we're really talking about is the resurrection. Uh, and we're all being forced to be in that moment, be responsible for our, our actions, think about our actions, as my old man used to tell me. And, uh, and um, you know, it's a wonderful place to be. It might be a little harsh at times because the truth comes back and hits you in the nose a lot quicker. But um, that's also why it seems pretty chaotic these days. And so uh, I'd love to just, uh, you know, finish off today with anything you could talk about in your book there. Because, again, I wouldn't even know where to start. There's just so much, is such a wealth of good information there. And uh, resurrection is a, uh, a mechanical, real thing. It's not a mystical concept. And it's something we're all undergoing. And we all have a choice to either jump through the different octaves of consciousness or stay in the same old schoolroom of hard knocks. Knocks. So, uh, anything you can take off on that? Oh God, there's so much, isn't it? <clears throat> you know, um, we're barely scratching the surface. I suppose there's so much to say. But um, yeah, resurrection and and um, I, uh, like you said very well, I'm sure that was right. But about what you said, you know, about it's, it seems like we've got a choice. We have got a choice, I suppose. I say it's transformation or annihilation. I, I think the stakes are very high. And I've got, you know, I, I, one of my great helpers that helped me uh, many years ago was Charles Muses. He, 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 worked, with, um, he worked with Joe, Joe Campbell, Joseph Campbell, Maria, Maria Gimpetus, and these people. Um, and um, he was, I don't know what he was. He was right out there, you know, astrophysicist. He's a mathematician when he was nine, all this kind of stuff. But I've got all his books and I can hardly understand some parts of them. But he was he was laying down the stakes about uh, the octaves, as you've said, and the different levels of reality. And I'm very glad. And I, I think he was right when he said that there's, there's a place which is inaccessible to the unjust, you know? So, you know, they can do all the damage they want to do down here. And, and clearly um, they want to take out that consequence on a higher level. Um, so people will go along with um, their shenanigans, if you like. <clears throat> but I've had enough, enough things that have happened to me that have proved to me many different things on many levels, which I won't go on about you, but there was one particular 
I suppose, turning point for me. Um, I was reading a book and the gentleman said, he was just saying, just do this thing where you say, thank you for this, thank you for that. And he was saying, when the shock comes, remember what happened when Marconi said there was a system of communication without wires. I think his, um, his, his, family, his friends took him to a mental asylum. You know? and this one night, I had, it's a long story how it came about, but it was actually in Greece. Um, I, was, I, I got touched, you know. Um, I don't like to call it names, you know. Once you start calling things names, everyone's killing each other again. But I got touched, you know. And it was touched me so deeply, it came right up through my body. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Cry. It's like, you know, I'm a big bloke, big tough bloke, done karate, you know. I don't like to cry. Oh, thank you, thank you. But I was touched by something so amazingly, not of this place here, or what it is of this place. But it was good. It was almost come and said, it's okay. There's something much bigger than this. Carry on. Do your work. We're with you, you know. And... I was thinking also just now about that thing, you know, down at the, the thing when they were all arguing last night, you know, you, it's almost like you want to storm in then and say, listen, carry on arguing, but drink this little bit of ayahuasca, yeah, and um, see you again in an hour's time, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm not, I'm not saying ayahuasca should be used, but if every, all politicians did ayahuasca and, and you were saying about all doctors should have this transformation as well. I'm not saying ayahuasca is for everybody, but um, by God, it certainly strips the layers back quite quickly. <laughs> and it's a homecoming very quickly. And I'm not saying it's for everybody, but, you know, in that, in that, in that place last night, next thing, they'd all be hugging each other and saying, I'm sorry, you know. I, um, so, and, and one thing I would say, you know, on, on your thing about breaking free, the breakaway civilizations and stuff, or breakaway people, one of the analogies I like to give is we can do it. I know we can do it. We've got the power to do it if, if we remember, because that's real religion is relegare, re-ligamenting, remembering, relocating back to where we've lost touch with ourselves. Oh, power. By God, oh, power. We can move mountains, as, as is said, you know. But often, like I said about the analogy of, you know, well, we, I'm getting a little bit of food in here. I got a bit of warmth. My dog, for instance, wants to be free. It's always looking at the door, always looking at me. It gets on my nerves, you know. Uh, but if I flung the front door open and said, there we go, you're free. Off you go. It's an analogy. But she'd look at me and go, well, he gives me some food. It's quite warm in you. I don't know what's out there. I'll stay here. And this is where I think we've got to be so brave now as humans to do that breakaway thing and, 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 and come into another uh, opportunity by expanding ourselves and our, our possibility of freedom. And I just want to say this, most people are so hurt and wounded, and, and I, I don't end on a negative, but it's a positive as well, because people's, people are so, so wounded, and, and I, I make jokes sometimes with people, when is the time, the only time, let's say you're not meditating and tapping into that, when is the only time when you really, really forget about everything? It's particularly people like ourselves who are looking at the reality. We know the corruption. We know the darkness. We know the evil. And I could tell you about evil on another level. Oh, if we think we've got problems here, oh gosh, many levels. But, you know, one of the only times that anyone really, really, really forgets about everything is when they have an orgasm whether they're having sex or whether they're masturbating. I mean, you think of the sadness of that. Most people, and then it's like, they completely forget about everything. Oh, I'm blessed. It's like, and then, oh, I'm back. <laughs> it's tragicomical. You've got to laugh about it, you know? So, I mean, what an amazing thing. We should be in a state of bliss, peace, happiness, and oneness all the time. And like you said, Bob, there's no yesterday. There's no just now. There's no just in a minute. 
this is everything we've got right now. You know, when younger people say to me, oh, what time is it? I'll say, there's no such thing. <laughs> but of course, it's useful. But this is where we are now. We're, in, we're so pulled down the, I mean, I had told on those people talk about it. We're so dragged down the timeline and we're so tormented by our past. We're like, and we're being ripped to pieces, you know? And, and um, this is where I think the liberation comes in. Do the work on yourself. Find peace, like Eckhart Tolle says, but also see the reality of what is taking that peace away and driving you nuts. Because until you can see that, you can't have balance. And I think it's a time of great, great homecoming. It's like we're homeless and we want to come home now. And it's like a falconer calling a bird back. You know, it's like we can feel it. We want to come home. We know we're homeless and we want to come back to something. And I think that's where it is. You can't fool people anymore. We won't be fooled again, as the who says. And I think we want to desperately come back home to ourselves. And that's why we're all so damn miserable, because something's missing inside ourselves. Something's missing. You can eat as much ice cream as you want, like I do on a Saturday night, chocolate ice cream films. But there's still that something. It's like it's still not doing it, because ultimately we know the possibility of inner freedom and a freedom on the planet of complete finding peace just to sit and be like Macaulay, my uncle in, in Greece, just sit there and just like, oh, oh, just to sit for a moment, you know. So we're getting there, but we've got to, like Gurdjieff said, realize our predicament before we can come home, you know, but there's millions of things to talk about, but I could rant on without a time, are we? Oh, we can go forever. <laughs> um, I know Bear can talk forever. I will say one thing that um, and we're talking about in the chat right now. You know, we talk about solutions a lot, right? About, um, and one thing I, I think we really lost is um, the indigenous cultures were masters at this is having ceremony. And you're talking about ayahuasca, and you're, you know, the coming of age ceremony, uh, becoming a man or a woman. You see it in like the Quinceañera for in Latin American cultures for, for the uh, 13 year old girl, or you, you know, you have really famous ones from coming of age for men in indigenous cultures where you're almost being tortured at some points, but others have to do with doing ayahuasca. And it's, uh, they were spot on. They knew that one, they respected their elders. So and was the elder who led the ceremony. So the elder was the person with wisdom that was going to pass this very important knowledge on to uh, the younger generation that was coming up. And then they were to go through uh, a really intense journey to force them to kind of come to grips with themselves. And we lost that in modern Western society, at least. We don't really have cere the ceremonies we have. Oh, if you're graduating high school or um, uh, I always forget what they call high school in, in your part of the world. Uh, but uh, you know what I mean. It's like wear a black smock and throw up uh, your hat in the air and then go get wasted or whatnot. Or um, where, is the, where is the actual coming of age uh, test uh, that to, to challenge you to, to have some introspection into under, understanding of what this reality is all about? We, we don't have that anymore. So getting that back is something that us as parents, us as fellow community members as friends we can we can do that through having get you know, meetups where we do ayahuasca with a, a shaman or more shamanic rituals and rites and ceremonies um and you're seeing that um really becoming something of a trend um yep. so uh that's really exciting you know getting back to those things 
so anyways, that was my two cents on that. And yes, um, Bear and I, uh, we've talked about it doing an ayahuasca ceremony of some sort up here. There's, uh, I know Bear knows of a, of a shaman type person who's been using it to really help veterans with PTSD and it to great effect. So there are, there are wonderful um, therapeutic and um, beneficial health uh, aspects to uh, DMT ayahuasca uh, to look into more. And that's something bringing that ceremony, that, that idea of ceremony back into our lives. I think it's a time of growth. Uh, um, go on, sorry, but No, no, please. You. Go, no, go, go on. Go on here. Go. No, I was just going to say, uh, you know, everything has a time and a place, but I think where we're moving, uh, we don't even need those kinds of vehicles anymore. Um, they can still be helpful for certain people. And, uh, you know, I'm a child of the 60s and, you know, all that stuff. I never trusted pills. I always uh, like <laughs> things like mushrooms and things back in my old college days. You know, just I, things I had more. some bad pills. I'll tell you some real bad trips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but you know, um, I think we're actually to the point now where um, it's just time to move on without any kind of training wheels and, you know, uh, it might be appropriate for some people in some places, but um, I think what Mike is saying right is right on as far as reconnecting with indigenous cultures and, uh, you know, the ceremony and, and, and um, you know, the whole, um, uh, you know, just, just the memory, uh, you know, those cultures are the memory banks of humanity. And here's another thing. Don't forget that the European indigenous cultures were doing some really cool things. Uh, and so as part of the polarization and the people that are trying to divide and conquer the people on this planet right now, they kind of uh, romanticize certain cultures and then, and then really demonize others where in reality, all cultures uh, were indigenous at one point. And it's also interesting that a lot of indigenous cultures, when you go back to their, um, the, the roots of their language, they did not have past and future tense. It, it didn't exist. And I even worked with a, a gentleman in the legal field who um, created something he calls quantum language where he made, uh, uh, he mathematized language so that there was no past and present and even brought it to the world court. And, uh, and to this day, the world court, um, if you uh, present a case that has this quantum language that is free of past and future tense, because anything past and future is fiction, it's literally not real. And you can even have a court case thrown out with that. Uh, they will hear your case if you've gone to that bother of doing that. And so, you know, language has been a, a, one of those vehicles that have been used against us to bring us out of time. And also, it's the reason why when um, certain vested interests using one culture against another uh, will, uh, you know, especially with more recent indigenous cultures, prevent them from or outlaw their use of their native tongue because their native tongue is more in a present time consciousness and it's hard to control people in that mindset. So they bring us into these fictional languages. Um, I think I'm going off a little tangent about what we we're talking about there, but uh, yeah, Mike, uh, you know, right on with just, uh, you know, it's, it's time for us to remember our roots, no matter uh, if you're European, South American, African, 
Um, just, uh, you know, we used to know quite a bit and there's a reason why our history has been erased and then uh, refabricated to use against us. And, uh, but um, Jason, I know I, I want to respect your time. You've been very generous here. And so uh, is there any other things that you'd really like to talk about today? And also if you could tell our people, um, you know, how uh, they can get a hold of your book and, and just um, uh, maybe uh, tell us uh, the best way, you know, your website information, the best way to get a hold of you and, and to see all the wonderful things you've been doing. Thanks, Bob. Uh, thanks, Mike. You know, <clears throat> you know, I'll just finish off really with just saying um, it's just time f for that, uh, not maturation, is it? What's the word? It's time for us to, to step into our own powerful shoes now, you know, uh, because what we've, we, I mean, there's people that talk a lot about it. And, and you know, I, I've done some work. I've done a conference with Leo Zagami. Um, he wrote the book Hidden Masters. I always give him a shout because... <laughs> If people want to be terrified about the reality of what's seen and unseen, <laughs> have a chat with Leo Zagami. He was in the Vatican for a long time, and this guy's, you know, 33-degree mason. He knows his stuff. Um, and I respect him a lot, you know. And But I think it's that time now of growing up. And as you were speaking, Bar and Mike, I was thinking of kids, you know. You know, you, you, you like kids and with your mum and dad. And you, you're, in one sense, you need their help because you're so such a baby, I suppose, and you need them to buy your food. You've got no money, you've got no income. And, you know, they say, don't go too far. And you walk down the end of the street and, you know, and the next minute, well, I want to go out with my friend, you know, and you, well, you can't, you're not old enough, you know. And I think we're actually at that point now as humanity. I think we've been rendered virtually helpless and, you know, by these people who have, who have, who have chiseled away at the shamanic cultures, <clears throat> given the... Red Indians or whatever, putting measles in their blankets and, and, and giving them coffee and booze. And um, I, th I think half of the country, half of the world's pissed every night. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, I think it's time for us to really grow up and step into our power now. One more cough. Hang on. <coughs> Aha. Yeah. And, um, you know... I think that's where we are now. And I think like, I think remember I was at Plato who said that our minds are a cage. I think it's the opposite. I think it's a launching pad. If we use it properly, it can get, get us out of here like a spaceship. And I think, um, you know, who doesn't want to be spoon fed? We're all like little children really. So, you know, the next Pope politician, president, priest says, Oh, come here. I'll tell you what to do. I'll lead you. I'll, I'll, I'll show you the way it's like, yes, yeah, tell us what to do. Cause we're so, We've been rendered so pathetic. Let's be honest about it. I, I'm, you know, and I'm going to go with everybody, but come on, guys. We, we've all been rendered virtually helpless. It's like we're trapped in these mortgages and houses and da-da-da and jobs. So, you know, I think that's, that's where I feel is the power now. We all want to be spoon-fed like little baby birds, really. Please don't feed me. And, and, but I feel we need to rip ourselves off the teat of current control which we are doing, and, and like you said, but it's already happened, in my opinion. It's, it's happened already, you know. And say, I, I think one of the most powerful spiritually spiritual things we can do, rather than be people who keep turning the other cheek, go on, turn the other cheek, hit me, slap me, you know? tell me what to do, you know. Um, it's spiritual to actually go, no! Enough. Enough. 
humanity's been manipulated long and long enough. And I was on my way back from the supermarket the other night, spent another 200 pound. This is crazy. You know, um, I pay my water bill, pay my, this bill, pay my council tax from to take my bins, paying for the water, which is full of chlorine. It stinks. You by you should smell it. I'd like to send you a sample. It's unbelievable. And people are drinking that every day. No wonder people are walking around like that. Oh, oh come on. Let's have a revolution. Uh, I, I, and people can hardly speak sometimes, you know? So, and that's where I think we are. I was coming back with my shop and I thought, I thought what's happened is this is my planet. I, and this is where people, I, I lose people because it's like, you shouldn't pay for food. You shouldn't pay for water. You shouldn't be to flush a toilet. You shouldn't pay for a house. What Jason, do you want, want a free society? Well, so it's almost like, I believe that it's like our, property this world we shouldn't pay for that kind of thing and some smart guy has put their the the put ourselves in the put themselves as the middleman and it's like we we're paying for our mother's milk right so someone said no sorry get off the teeth you'll come through me now and i'll take the money you can't just take it off your mother earth you know so it's we've gone so far into slavery in one sense that we can barely imagine a free world beyond this you know but that's where our minds come in now. We can manifest it with mind. And I do believe it's there in the womb of possibility, waiting, germinating. And we've got to, as I said, roll our sleeves up and become the midwives of a new, whole new way of being and living on this planet. But most of all, we've got to be the midwives to give birth to a new being, a new us. We've got to give birth to ourselves. And we're pregnant with ourselves. It sounds strange. But I think we need to give birth to a new us, if you like. And that means the old us dying. And that can be scary to let go of your old self, you know. Um, that's where sometimes things like uh, LSD and ayahuasca and mushrooms come in because they, they strip you to the bone and then you start again. But we don't need that. I agree, you know, I agree with Bart. We can do that on our own. We, we've got all the ayahuasca inside us we, we, we could ask for, you know. And, and, and I believe we're at a tremendous, very exciting time in human history now. I'm very positive as long as we're willing to grow up and transcend the situation which has shackled us. And um, I look at birds flying off and I think, well, look how free they are. They're the only thing on the planet that can't be caged and herded. But actually, we're birds and we can be free and we can leave our bodies and we can transcend this whole thing. I could go on about it all night. But <laughs> Beautiful. But, it, but it's been great seeing you. Oh, yeah. So, so so my book, if you want to find my book, I, did, I purposely didn't sell my soul to the publishers because they, one quite, quite famous publisher wanted me to, they said, if you can edit it and take things out, in other words, you know, extract what, what, what we don't want in there. And I thought, no, I'm, I'm going warts and all with this. And um, if you go to my website, uh, jasonleosatos.com, L-I-O-S-A-T-O-S, jasonleosatos.com, then you can find my book there. I've self-published and you can see it on there. Um, and if my show is called Outside the Box, if you punch my funny name, Jason Leo Satis, into, um, into YouTube, you'll see it there. How long it's going to be up there, I don't know. Because um, I, um, they're starting to put Wikipedia things underneath now, you know, saying, say, saying truths under there. Um, oh, there it is, yeah. Oh, well done. Well done. What genius did that, yeah? <laughs> Yeah, that's Bruce Lipton. I had a lovely chat with Bruce Lipton on my show. He's a great guy. And we talked about the manipulation of matter via consciousness. And he said on the show there with him, I was sat next to him. We had him down here. 
Um, and he was saying about that we're in a fight or flight mode all the time. So, or our energy is going away from our heart into our extremities. And Bert Bear talks great about the heart. And Bruce is an amazing guy, you know, and um, he's doing great work. And he, he, he knows more than he says, believe me. And um, Bruce is a great part of the transformation. So, yeah, that's my website. And as I, I don't know how long I'll be on YouTube, um, I'm, I'm in a funny place, as I said to Bar last night, really. I'm, I know I've got to talk about finding peace within again because it's so important. But I've also got to talk about what takes that away and I've helped people to have the courage of, to look at the darkness and the things that are driving you mad and imprisoning you. Because if you don't, you can't just patch yourself up spiritually and find peace again um, without knowing what takes it away. It's a big failing in that spiritual communities, in my opinion. Uh, and the people who talk about the darkness and the corruption don't talk about finding peace. So my job, in a way, is to bring those two together. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I'm, I'm very excited to be here on the planet now, and um, but also very daunted. I get depressed like everybody else. Um, you know, I say to people, don't think I'm this enlightened being, you know, I might go and drink some wine tonight. I'll try not to. <laughs> but sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But, you know, um, we're, in, we're in a very difficult place. And I understand why people drink wine because, you know, but like you said to me yesterday, Bar, just sit in a chair and just find that peace. It's the same as having a drink or smoking ganja. If you lie on the couch when you go home and just go to that place of peace, you might be surprised what will happen. You could be touched. Like I was touched that day. It's like, oh my God. That's better than any drink, you know? And it's there for us all the time. It's us that turns our back on that power. It never turns our backs. It's back on us. It's there for everybody. That tremendous, beautiful thing, that consciousness and whatever you want to call it in your own words, God or whatever you want to call it, it's there. I've been touched by it and it's there to help us all. But we've got to turn and face it and ask, come help us, let's work together, you know? But we've, we've become so dislocated and it's just a tragedy, you know? Um, it's a tragedy, you know? I imagine someone coming in front of the planet saying, take me, show me your leaders and you show them Boris Johnson, Trump, Hillary Clinton, Obama. It's embarrassing. Come on, guys, you know? Government is best because it governs the least. We're the government. We're the new way of being. And we create something else and that'll just fall away like a dirty old dishcloth. That's me. <laughs> now that, that's a great way to summarize it. And, and something that I always say to people, it's like, aren't we embarrassed yet? I mean, this is, <laughs> this is a tragedy. It's, um, but, you know, uh, we're changing it. Yeah, and you mentioned Bruce Lipton. Um, we're big fans, especially in like Telegram. We're always dropping links to uh, to on his YouTube and such. And it's, we were literally just talking about Bruce Lipton on the chat 20 minutes before that wow. came in. So pretty wow. wild. <laughs> wow, yeah, I've got to learn about this Telegram. I, I you know, I've got someone that's going to be helping me because we can't do everything. You know, we need help in this, in this work we're doing. We need someone to help us and guide us and direct us and make things easier for us, you know? Um, you know, and I need, I need that help myself. So, you know, I'll, I'll look into telegram and get on there and do stuff. And I want to say thanks to you guys as well. Honestly, you know, uh, Mike, what you're doing is amazing. Um, and, uh, amazing work. You know, you're, you're smelling salts under the noses of humanity, of broken humanity, which is really need in the words that you're giving people and needing your help. So thank you so much for being you and having the courage to be you, you know, under all the criticism of family and friends and stuff. And, and, and you as well, by, you know, the great work you're doing on your website, offering people help with remedies. And it's just incredible what you're doing. It's, it's an honor to, to know you guys, you know, and um and I, I really thank you um 
I always say it, it's a bit, sounds a bit tacky, but thanks from people who haven't been born yet, you know, <laughs> because there's people down the timeline screaming, Hey, you assholes, change this shit. You know, sorry, I'm swearing again. You know, wake up. Never mind about you, you selfish blooming pigs. Oh, but this is the platform we're going to land on. You, you, you well, come on, you know, God, turn off the telly, stop drinking the food, you know, you know what, what I mean? Uh, I loved your last quote from yesterday. I think it was Emerson. And what did he say about uh, certain people connecting with each other? It was a lovely, it was the end of a brilliant book, actually, um, that I read. And um, it was a great book. I forgot which one it was. No, it was by Napoleon Hill. And I know Napoleon Hill, they say he was the, they say he was the Illuminati and stuff. And, you know, um, um, they, uh, Carnegie, wasn't it? Yep, they, all, they were all Masons and stuff, I suppose. But, you know, he did say good things. And then it's not just about being rich money-wise. money, money wise. He was talking about being rich in the spirit. And one of the, um, the, miracle, the miracle Key, I think it was called, one of his books. And at the end of that book, I think it, it said at the end, um, uh, Emerson said, if we are related, we shall meet. And he said, in closing, may I borrow his words and say, if we are related, we have through these pages met. You know, so um, it's wonderful. Yeah, I, I love that. Yesterday, and as I looked through your website, and I see all the amazing people that you've interviewed. Um, I was honored to be on yesterday on on your platform, and uh, there's uh, no coincidence that you've attracted all these uh, these great people that you show on your website. Uh, you know, into your well, world. So, thank you for your work as well. One quick other thing, Mike, uh, uh, before we go, I just want to say this to people, you know, it's a time of stepping forward now. I think it's people who, we've all got a voice, you know. We've all got a voice that needs to shine, you know. <coughs> we've all got great gifts to offer, but a lot of people, and I know it's slightly off topic, but I've got to say this before I go, a lot of people are, are not being them. They're not, they're not, through fear of criticism, fear of punishment, fear of all these things, they're not being who they are. Look at you guys, what you're doing. You know, I'm trying my best to do what I do. I can remember terrified of speaking in front of anyone. And I started giving art classes to get over it. And I used to be in the toilets praying, you know, uh, help me, God. I can't do this. And I wanted to, you know, my bowels were going to open and I was going to be sick. And I remember when I did my first conference with Vandana Shiva, a GMO conference. Amazing lady, my God, that woman. And I used to go to the hall where we were having the conference uh, about a year before we actually had that conference, and I used to stand at the podium, looking out into the darkness. I used to sneak in there. This place is huge. And um, I used to just imagine myself with all these people in the room, so I wanted to speak. But here's a funny thing. One of the reasons I started doing my show, actually, was so I had an excuse for me to talk. <laughs> You'd never believe it, would you? Uh, you know, so... <laughs> That's one of the reasons I did it because I wanted to speak myself. So I didn't have the courage to stand up and say, Hey, I'm Jason Leosatis. I'm going to talk. So I used my guests, actually, I'll be honest with you, in a nice way because I loved having guests on and admired their work as, as a chance for me to also prime my pump of being me, you know? And now I like to talk more on my own and speak at events and things like that, but I couldn't do that initially. So you've got to fake it till you make it, guys. If you're frightened of getting up in front of people, Start, start a conference. I'm doing a conference here soon about the, um, the, the getting over your fear of speaking in front of people. And on the stage, I'm going to have a bucket with poo written on it. I'm going to have a bucket with sick written on it. And I'm going to say on the stage, Wait, what's the worst thing that can happen? You can poo your pants. Okay. You can be sick. You can faint. <laughs> All right. That's the worst thing that can happen, you know. But most people are not being who they are. 
you know, you, you and what you're, you two are doing, how easy would it have been to say, oh, I don't think so, you know, I don't think I should do that, you know. But so we're not being, most people aren't actually finding their voice through fear of criticism, but we're all just great magicians. We've got such power and we've all got our unique perfect tune to play our own instrument because if everyone's playing the same tune in an orchestra it'd be boring well, we've all got a unique way of saying things so you know i, I appeal to people who, 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 who want to say something who know who want to talk about things who want to do their bit come forward think of martin luther king and those people lying in bed with blooming bombs coming through their windows and their kids screaming think of those people they've paved the way for people like us the great david ike's people like that to help us to find our voices, you know, so, um, you know, people must come forward now. I agree. Yeah. And it's, we, we talk about a lot, the whole notion of fear, right? We live in a fear-based society, fear-based, um, reality right now for the most part, but also we don't due to the polarization. So breaking out of that fear and yeah, I agree. We don't need ayahuasca's and mushroom trips, uh, especially since everything's so opening up right now, but that is a great tool to break through the fear. Um, so, uh, in, in having the mentors and having the, the wise, uh, gurus and stuff to help us get past the fear is important. So, but, uh, luckily we have tons of platforms now to, to voice, um, to, to give us a voice uh, or a channel for voice, you know? So, I mean, a plethora of platforms, um, to the point where everybody can have a voice on Twitter to, the, to where it's completely annoying. But uh, <coughs> also extremely powerful. So, yeah, crazy times indeed. Uh, any last, uh, any last words for our community and the show today, Jason? Before uh, we we call it, um, I'll say because uh, I'm an artist, I, I I used to teach people art, so I I see the miracles and things probably more because I'm an artist as well. Um, you know, I can go outside and look at the blue sky. Often I'm looking up, and there's people going, "What's that nutcase looking at?" You know, but it's like, look at the sky. You know, so so I would say if you're feeling frustrated sometimes or, or desperate, look at the sky. It's like, wow, man, go into nature, sit with trees. Uh, but, you know, there's miracles everywhere, guys. We're just not seeing them. You know, I used to take, I was with my wife one day looking at the water with lights on it in a place called um, Newquay here in Cornwall. And um, there was all these lights dancing on the water. And we just sat there. She said, look, I went, wow, just dancing lights on the water. Oh my God, I used to do acid to see that, you know? <laughs> we know, like coming back to what you said, you don't need acid. We've, we've, we've lost the vision of miracles. Everything's a miracle. We're not even solid under a microscope. This table isn't even solid. So people say, do you believe in ETs, Jason? Well, what do you think we are? This is a miraculous planet. And one last thing I'll say to you, don't worry whether it's flat or round, okay, guys? It's like someone stormed out of here the other day because I wouldn't, I wouldn't, say whether I thought it was flat around. Well, what do you think? Is it flat around? I said, look, it's a global casino mental asylum that needs drastic healing. Never mind what shape it is for now. Let's sort that out and then worry whether it's shit, square, round, flat or whatever, you know. So this place is a miracle, this world, a miraculous heaven on earth, which has been turned into a torture chamber mental asylum casino that's driving people mad. And what will change it is us, your God, you're the one that can transform the whole thing once you tap back into that power. That's what will change it, you know? Beautiful. Uh, Bear, any parting words yourself? Or that's pretty good right there, huh? No, I wouldn't. Uh, I just want to leave it right there. Uh, I mm -hmm. could 
possibly improve upon that? I don't know so much, Bear. You're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that compliment. But I love listening to you. You're great. You know, when I first listened to Bear, just a column for Bear, I thought, wow, here's someone talking about everything. You and you, Mike. You know, here's someone talking about everything. Yeah, people he's talking about everything. Wow, great. And um, like I said, if we're related, related, we shall meet. So I'm glad we have, you know. Well, I definitely think we're soul brothers. And we're so pleased to have you on today, Jason. Um, everybody in the chat has just loved your energy and your humor and sharing your perspective with us. We, we really appreciate it, man. It's been a wonderful chat. And if um, you're listening and appreciated this, please go to Jason's YouTube channel and subscribe and follow him or to his website. Uh, which we'll list in the description below and give him some support, please subscribe to him, like do all that fun stuff because that'll really help him out. And uh, if you like this talk as well, and you're not following us yet, you can subscribe to us on our YouTube channel where we will post the replay to this live chat uh, every Thursday at 5 PM. Um, or please join us on D live. If you want to join the live chat here and ask questions and get involved, D live D L I V E dot tv is the platform we live stream every thursday at 10 a.m it's starting to really catch on you can actually earn crypto on this platform so you can earn crypto that you can convert to your local currency and go buy groceries with so um, it's decentralized uh, much more than youtube uh, there's no censorship as of now so it, it does use its block uh, it's on a block uses blockchain in a way so it's, we're happy with the platform so far and we're embracing it. It's much better than YouTube. However, we still are on YouTube, of course, um, for now. So uh, this also plays as a podcast. So if you're, you can find it on Podbean, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, etc. Also, finally, we mentioned this today on the show, but Telegram is a wonderful place to join our online community, t.me forward slash Alphavedic. It's a simple app you can throw right on your phone or use on your computer. And it's just a, it's just a long um, consciousness stream, essentially, just people chatting. And um, you can drop links in and, and talk to each other. And it's a, really an open platform of love and fellowship on there. And it's a way that really allows people from all over the world to connect. And it's something that um, we really embrace. So t.me forward slash Alphavedic. Jason, we'd love to have you in there. Um, it's really fun. Actually, Bear joined, um, uh, I think, last week or the week before. So he's finally in there. He occasionally drops some pearls of wisdom. So it's definitely... What, what, what do I do? What do I go to again, um, Mike? Yeah, so you just go to t.me yeah. forward, forward slash alpha Vedic, which is A-L-F-A-V-E-D-I-C. It'll then give you a link there to like, uh, basically it'll download the app or whatnot on your computer, or you can do it right on your phone. Like uh, if you have a smartphone, it's a really easy to use app. And uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. We drop a lot of really funny videos and we go on crazy, crazy wild tangents. I mean, the community in there is very like-minded. I think you'll really get a kick out of the souls in there. Uh, we are opening up channels to other dimensions for sure. So um, it's virtual ayahuasca and, uh, <laughs> and it's definitely something I get in trouble with a little bit cause I'm on it too much. Um, but uh, yeah, get outside guys. Um, get outside, get in touch with nature. You know, the deal, uh, get your hands dirt, grow your own food, get self-sufficient, learn how to grow in your own medicine, get into a community. You could be living in the heart of Los Angeles or London and still find your community, find your brotherhood, your sisterhood, 
and start connecting and breaking away and, and, and finding your mentors or becoming a mentor yourself and not giving into fear. Um, get into, um, you know, one thing I, I highly recommend is, uh, is in the self-discovery path is getting into some fun hobbies that, you know, um, that give you some peace. Like for me, I, I love to fish and we live on a river here. So I'm lucky enough to be able to walk in 10 minutes beyond uh, one of the most prized steelhead fisheries in the world. And that's my piece. That's where I not only am having a blast and, and hopefully catching dinner, but also getting into that, um, what we talked about, like in the, uh, the kind of the middle of the waveform, right? Into the, into the, not in the up or down, just the even Steven mode. Uh, if you remember that Seinfeld episode where Jerry Seinfeld's even Steven and everyone's up and down, uh, that's the place to be. And you can find that with, uh, with martial arts, with getting into yoga. You know, we talked about uh, meditation or getting into cooking, uh, growing food, um, getting back to nature, getting into hiking, getting in, uh, finding. And then once you get into these hobbies, you find other like-minded people that are into it. And now you've found a community. So there's lots of really easy things to do to get yourself grounded in, in back into your heart chakra. Um, so I'll leave it at that. Hey, Jason, thanks so just, much, man. We appreciate you. Do all those things like Mike said. Stop jerking off on the computer. Love your wife instead. Come oh, God, on. talk about, I mean, that is a... That's a big subject. But yeah. hey, look, it's a part of the medicine maybe, but no, you know, it's, it's like, whew, man, we're so... Oh, I don't know. Anyway, I'll leave it there. Hey, we appreciate you so much, Jason. Thanks for coming on today, man. And uh, everybody have a wonderful day and go have fun out there. Uh, thanks to you both. Thanks for having me. It's been a real honor to, to come on with you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks.